Okay, good afternoon, everyone. The Pasuk in our Parsha, Parsha's Mishpatim, tells us that in the context of Nazikin, in the context of causing damage to someone's uh, body, in this case, although the Pasuk, uh, the Pasukim also talk about causing damage to someone's property, but in the case of causing damage to someone's body, so one of the chiyuvim, one of the obligations that the damager, that the violator has to uh, to pay, is that he has to pay reparations, not only in terms of loss of employment and things of that nature, but also in terms of that a person is required to help with the healing process, to assist the nechbal, the one who is the victim of the damages, that he should be able to heal proper, that he should be able to be uh, solve his, his, his bodily problems, that he should be able to fix up from the damage that was caused. And that tashlam, that payment, is referred to as verapo yirape. Now, Chazal understands from verapo yirape that we also know mikan nitan rishus lerofe lerape that the rishus, the permission, apparently we needed permission, that a doctor should be able to have a job, a doctor should be allowed to heal people, and we shouldn't only have to rely on a nase, on a kadosh baruch hu's hashgacha, but we could actually have a hishtadlus in that matter. That also comes from this pasuk of verapo yirape. But in any event, the Gemara Babakama Pehei has a very interesting thought, a very interesting havamina, a very interesting suggestion, which it rejects for a very interesting answer as well. The Gemara says, I don't understand. I cause damages, it's true. And therefore, I should be responsible for this person to be healed. But then I should have the following choice. If this person wants to go to Dr. A, and Dr. A doesn't take insurance, and Dr. A is going to cost $100, and I say, I'm the one who caused damages, I say, you know what? I, I need to heal you. I, I, I did my part to hurt you. I need to help heal you. But I don't want you to go to Dr. A, who doesn't take insurance and causes $100. I want you to go to Dr. B, who works for free. He's a tzaddik. This doctor's a big tzaddik. He doesn't charge Jewish patients. He'll take you for free. So are you allowed to do that? The Gemara in Baba Kama says, absolutely not. You're not allowed to do that. You must go to the doctor of preferred choice by the Nechbal. And that's true that you must go to a doctor who takes payment. Why? Why does the Gemara say? Asya b'magin magin shavya which is a cryptic uh, term in terms of the Aramaic. But basically, if you look at Rashi and the Mepharshan there, what it means is as follows. It means that a rofe, a doctor who works for free, is not equivalent to a doctor who takes payment. A doctor who doesn't charge, who does all of his work pro bono, is simply not as high level, not as good, and therefore not as effective as someone who does charge, who does take payment. And we have to think about for that, that for a second, because you could find someone with the same expertise. One has more of a mida, more of an attribute, a characteristic of being a tzaddik, who doesn't want to take money for his mitzvah job. He feels like it's a calling and not a profession. And you could have someone with the exact same level who's like, I do want to make a money off it. I want to have a partner. So I want to live off of my job as being a doctor. So why can't they both be equal in terms of their expertise? They could go to the same college and the same graduate school, take the same training, the same residencies, and yet they're different because one charges and one doesn't. So the current Talner Rebbe in Yerushalayim, Rabbi Yitzhak Menachem Weinberg, beautiful, beautiful Divrei Torah he always has. It's very insightful. He's got a very keen psychological insight in general. So he has an excellent uh, Mar Makom here from the Maharal. He says the Maharal asks almost a similar question in a different context. We know the din is, it's a Gemara Nadarim for those of us who were doing Daf Yomi uh, not so long ago. So the Gemara in Nadarim tells us that really, really strictly speaking, a, prof- a, a teacher, a professional teacher can't exist. A professional Rebbe can't exist. But what I mean by that is that, of course, a person can be a professional. His job can be that he's a Rebbe, but he can't make money off of it. We're not supposed to charge for Divrei Torah. 
which is a good good question. Why Shalami offered me a thousand dollars to give this year, and then how I accepted it's a story for another time. Story for another time. But generally speaking, generally speaking, except for the exceptions, you're not allowed to take money for giving a shear. You're not allowed to take money for teaching Tyra. So really, really, a Rebbe in a Talmud Torah, a Rebbe in a yeshiva shouldn't be getting a salary, should not be drawing a salary. Okay, but the Gemara says we can pay them for the babysitting. We can pay them for teaching the tune of the truff, different answers in the Gemara over there. But when you look at the Rishonim, what you see is that there's really a model in which we don't pay the Rebbe. The parents don't pay the Rebbe. It's not hired as a tutor, but rather the Rebbe doesn't go paid and the Kehillah supports him. The Kehillah makes sure he lives and doesn't uh, starve and doesn't go uh, broke by uh, contributing staka to his livelihood. So it says the Maharal, I don't understand. Nowadays, you look around, you see the system. We don't do that. We don't do what looks like from the Rishon as the Ikar Din. We do pay the Rebbeim and we have heterim, we have leniencies for it, but it's a good Chumrah. Why not be machmir that we shouldn't pay the Rebbeis? I see a lot of people are already, based on your not having videos on, you're excited about solving tuition prices right now. We don't have to pay the Rebbeis. We don't have to pay the Rebbeis. Let the community support them. We'll make sure they don't, uh, we'll make sure they don't starve to death Rahman al-Islam. But why does the parent have to pay the Rebbeis? So the Maharal says, Gavaldik. The Maharal basically says, easy come, easy go. If a Rebbe is not invested in, if the teacher isn't taking a payment from the parents, if there's no investment in the education, then there's not going to be any investment in the child either. If the Rebbe goes unpaid, but we won't make him starve. We'll make sure the community takes care of him. His kids won't uh, go without clothing. So then there's something lacking not only in his parnasa, but also in the chinuch. Because he doesn't feel an achrayas. He doesn't feel a responsibility. He doesn't feel invested in the child because no one's investing in him. Says the uh, Talmud Rebbe, the same thing is true for the doctor. It's true. This doctor went to the same college and graduate school and residency and works in the same hospital. And they're exactly the same type of specialist. They have all the same expertise as the second guy. And yet, number one is better than number two because he accepts payment. Why? Just because he's not a tzaddik and he accepts payment, he's a better doctor? The answer is yes. He's a better doctor because he has something to lose. Someone believes in him. Someone invested in him. There's a parnasa that hangs on it. His whole uh, livelihood hinges on him being an expert. So he is going to invest more and do more for the patient because he accepts that payment. And the truth is, if you think about it a little deeper, the same is true from the other side. If a parent doesn't invest in their child's learning, they are not going to be invested in the chinuch. If they're not invested financially, then they simply have not put that child's interest at the top of their list. The financial investment on the part of the parent is also important for the child to see that people around them are invested in it, for the, the Rebbe to see that the parents care about the results, for the parents to feel themselves that they care about the results. And the person who invests in the refua will also check in with the doctor to make sure that he's healing the patient, will visit the patient to make sure the staff is taking good care of him. Everyone has to invest in these, uh, in these, uh, in these enterprises because otherwise, if we're not invested, like we said before, it's easy come, easy go. You're not going to have the refua unless you have the rofe being invested in it and the, and the patient's family caring. You're not going to have the chinuch unless the child is invested and the child is only going to be invested if the teacher is invested, if the parents are invested. Everyone has to put in their mysterious nefesh to make sure that this, this uh, goal is really taken care of. You know, there's so many Bach Hashem, so many learning opportunities that exist in our, in our world that take very little investment. And it's gewaldic because it makes Torah so accessible and it's such an amazing thing. But at the end of the day, if a person's prime or in some cases, only learning investment is that they zoom into a shear once a week. This is every day, so we're obviously not talking about the, this uh, this opportunity. But a person's only uh, learning is they zoom into a shear once a week. So how invested are they in that learning? And when one week it's not convenient, and when one week it's not so interesting and their screen is off, so it's not going to be the same type of learning. A person to be, take a, make a kinin on Torah, and to be invested in Torah, and to believe in Torah, and to show their children they believe in Torah, 
they have to go to Obeis Medrash. They have to learn the Chavusa. They have to go to a Shir. They have to be invested. There has to be a level of mysterious nefesh, magin b'magin shavya, that if a person is doing it and there's nothing on the line, if a person isn't putting anything in on his end, if a person is just easily skating by and gaining from the entertainment of Talmud Torah, then how long will that last? How serious will that Talmud Torah be? How will he be able to pass on that message to the rest of his family? So we should take the message of Rappo Yirape in our business lives, in our being mechanchim, whether we have children, whether we be mechanic, our friends, our family, whatever role as mechanchim we have to influence other people and for ourselves, that we need to invest in that which we believe in, both in Ruchnis and in Gashmis. And if we invest, then Amir Tashem will all experience tremendous yields on our investments.